Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 hey guys it's morgan welcome back to the show if you haven't yet hit subscribe today's focus is going to be mindset okay so i have a few different things that i want to touch on that are kind of random but all relate to the bigger topic i like these kind of episodes i want to talk about fostering a learning culture at home i saw an interesting statistic on that that really sparked my interest my shift in mindset on career and priorities in life, because there was a big shift, a mindset issue that I see in the conservative political movement, and what it takes to break generational curses, or at least a helpful part that might assist in that process, because that might be a doozy. That being said, let's get into it. course, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Glendell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code MORGAN. Its temperature-regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, use promo code MORGAN. That's MyPillow.com, promo code MORGAN. Thank you. Okay, so actually before we get into the official topics of the day, I just wanted to mention that it is St. Patrick's Day, and it's one of my favorite days because I love Irish music. Not only do I love Irish music, but I basically love any music from history, so it's a little weird, but I listen to Civil War music often. The Confederate music, you guys, I'm sorry, it's very catchy. Okay, very catchy. That's all I'm going to say. It's got a nice little jingle to it. So does Native American music. So does the American Revolution music. So does Russian USSR music. Okay, it's a little weird, but I just love different cultures music. I find it fascinating. And I don't know if it's because I'm a history nerd and that just makes me interested it interested in it in general. Or if it's because it's like, geez, it is catchy and I just love a good tune. I love music. That being said, if you want to listen to two good songs today, look up the Rattlenbog. If you haven't learned the words to that yet, there's a few different versions, but it's super duper fun to sing. And I learned it in a day. So try and beat me, I guess. And then Wild Mountain Time is one of my favorite songs. Not just one of my favorite Irish songs, but one of my favorite songs. So fun facts, the more you know. Today's one of the only days where I guess I could listen to this and not be considered a total weirdo. So I listen to it literally throughout the year. It's very calming, very relaxing. I highly recommend Irish music. Don't judge me for my odd music choices. And of course, friendly reminder, if you want to listen to my classic country playlist, you can go and find my name on Spotify because I made that playlist public because so many people asked. If you want to listen to Hank and Waylon Jennings and all the good old boys, then you could go listen to that. Other fun fact. I thought Morgan Wallen's last name was Morgan Whalen. It is not. Let's move on. 
So I wanted to start out after the music thing, of course. I wanted to start out the episode with a fun fact that kind of got us on an understanding of what we're really going to be doing when we talk about mindset shifts and just more so habitual changes and things that we can do in the long term in our lives that aren't like, okay, I need to swap this product that's bad in my kitchen out for a more wholesome organic product that's not going to poison my family. These are more so just like mindset changes and long-term changes and adjustments that we can make. One of them I wanted to share with you guys because it really, really interested me. I love reading about child development. I'm really interested in homeschooling in the future and starting a community school or just really being a strong part of that for my kids and for the students in my community. And so when I read about this stuff, you just learn so much about how children really imitate their parents. They learn by imitation. They learn by watching what you do and then doing it. I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but it makes me really sad when you see young kids behave in a violent or in an aggressive way and they're swearing or they're making fun of someone or they're talking down to someone, stuff like that, because it shows that at home, that's the kind of treatment that they are watching, that their little eyes are watching and then they are emulating when they go out in the world. And so if you see that and you know that, okay, my child is probably going to become a mini-me and not in the most exact way, but in terms of how I treat others, how I act, how I go about my life, how I spend my time, how I treat others, that's a, a really important thing to know. And so something that is now proven is that this also has to do with learning and with creating a mindset in terms of always being a student. I think a lot of us, um, we have a hard time admitting, especially once we're adults, like, I'm actually kind of bad at XYZ. I actually have no idea what you're talking about when you talk about XYZ. And we could learn. The internet is at our fingertips. But are we interested in learning? (laughs) For the most part, no. Whether it's pride or whether it's just we say we don't have enough time, whatever it is, or we feel weird admitting a weakness or whatever that is. We don't really like to admit the fact that, oh my gosh, am I going to have to go be a student again on something that I should already know or, you know, how that goes. Well, I said all this because a study came out and it proved that when you behave in a way that encourages learning and when you yourself are showing your child that you seek knowledge and that you want to learn too and you're always going to be a student, they actually benefit in many ways. There's a study and I found it on Science Direct if you guys ever want to look for research and sources that can back up different things. Uh, I love finding the actual original sources of stuff like this, and so Science Direct is a good one. But the study said a two-decade-long study found that the mere presence of a home library increases children's academic success, vocabulary development, attention, and job attainment. And so I know (laughs) it's not exactly easy to go buy a home library. I personally experienced that. I am childless. I am unmarried. And for years, I have saved up money where each week I buy a book or two. And, you know, it's pricey to buy books these days. So I buy used books on Amazon. And I kind of like that they're all a little bit beaten up just a little bit. I buy like the the somewhat good or used category in terms of quality on Amazon when you can select because you could select like nearly perfect, very good, use, used or something like that. I don't have high standards on the books, okay? I just want the words on the books. But I know that that is a lot of money to just build an entire library. I personally just love having physical books. But you can get a library card. I'm including this, though, in the podcast because I do think it's important to at least get somewhat of a collection of books and keep that in your home, especially now that the science is proving 
that this is really helpful for the development of your family to make sure that they are learners, that they have open minds, and that they can go out and understand that there's ways to seek knowledge and that mommy and daddy do this all the time. It's totally normal and it's welcome. It's something that you should do not just in K-12 through public government school, but it's something you do for your whole life. Um, so I encourage you, if you're interested in something like this, to go start a little home library. And by that, I mean, even if it's just a shelf or two of books or books scattered throughout the house, whatever it is, it's now proven that it's really beneficial to have books out and about in the house where children can see them because they emulate the way you behave, the habits that you have. So fun little project that we can all do. And now we're going to talk about a fun little topic. Uh, I keep getting questions of what are you interested in doing? And I guess I could do a whole episode on something like that in the future. But I get questions specifically that have to do with, Morgan, are you going to create some sort of platform that is like you pay and then you get access to it and whatever happens from there, now you're like inside the club or whatever. Like now you're in the tribe. Specifically, like, are you going to start a Patreon page or whatever? I just want to say I have no interest in building something that is money-based. I'm not interested in making a platform or growing a business or having anything along those lines. I, I, I don't know if that's like weird to say. I have no mindset right now or interest in like growing a project. Does that make sense? Especially a project where it's like in exchange for XYZ that I give to others, certain number of posts or a certain number of communications, a certain number of times I go on live stream or all that stuff. I don't really want to do that in exchange for people's money and then like be held to the expectation of talking to people. Is that I guess that's what I mean. And I don't have any desire to make a bunch of money from that either. I would rather, <laughs> I'd rather just have my Facebook group where all the girls and I can talk. And then I also have the little young, this is for anybody under college age. I have the young women's mentorship program that I have, and that's free too. That's more so just uh, the community. That's more so just me trying to share my knowledge with girls that are under college age because I don't want to be giving advice to women that are my age. That'd be a little weird. And I don't think I have the authority to do so. But the Facebook group on top of that is more so just community of like-minded women. I'm not interested in having people pay to be able to talk to me. So I wouldn't ever really do something like that. And the whole concept of that, the question of it actually got me sparked on like, okay, so what do I actually want to do? And I know it sounds simple and it might not sound exciting and it might be confusing because like, you know, I've got the page and I've got the flag business and I've got all my contracts that I used to do with media and I used to be a commentator and I've got the nonprofit and I used to do all these speeches and these interviews and stuff, but I, I simply have no interest. <laughs> I struggle to see value in a lot of it anymore and I'm realizing how we've made things seem valuable, but they aren't really valuable. And that's been a long journey, but that sounds kind of negative. So more positively, I was thinking of like, what do I definitely want to do? I have no like, oh, I want to be a CEO. I want to be a millionaire, billionaire CEO or anything like that. I have no desire to be a boss, babe, any of that jazz. I don't even want like a side business. You know what I mean? But I know for sure, and maybe those will change, but I know for sure that I really am focused on, on creating this home environment with my family and being really in touch with nature. 
Like, I want the garden. I want my meals to come from the garden. I want to plan the season. I want to plan the eating. I want to plan the harvest. I want to plan all of it around the weather around us. I want to be eating outside. I want to be spending most of our days outside in sunshine. I want that kind of peace and I want to live amongst nature. I know that and I know that a lot of what goes into that is creating an atmosphere in the house and in the home. And that is like more exciting to me than any sort of potential business thing or Patreon or pay to talk service kind of thing for me. The other thing I want to do is homeschool my kids and build a schooling community with other like-minded moms that are local. Okay, that I like can physically see and spend time with. That could include sharing curriculum or teaching classes that we might do exceptionally better in than other moms. Like, I don't really know if I'm going to be able to teach a science class. <laughs> it means going on trips together where we can learn things like day trips, or it means just hanging out together so that our kids can interact and we can interact as adult friends. And I see how important that is, especially if you're homeschooling. The idea of being self-sufficient, the idea of, you know, getting away from the system, from the international supply chains, from the public school system, from the government and the nasty politics that are really just show games in front of us trying to distract us or get money from us. All that jazz is really silly. And to get away from it does not mean that you go live on an isolated cabin away from all of society and live out your days. But instead, it means just more so having mindset changes and finding people that are also interested in doing that. And I personally think you need to be able to have a community like that to get the most out of that lifestyle that you desire away from all those systems, especially when it comes to unschooling or homeschooling and really teaching at home and rethinking how we educate children. So I, I really want to make sure if there isn't already an established situation like that in my community that I take the responsibility to grow it. Because if no one else has done it, and I don't do it, who will? Is kind of my mindset. But I'm also not in any way interested in competing or beating someone out to be the coolest homeschool in the community. You know what I mean? It's like, I'd rather just have peace, find people that are interested. We can build on what's already existing or we could grow it from the ground up and just do it together. But uh, that's like not a profitable thing. You know what I mean? But it actually creates so much positive outcome. So that's something that I'm really excited in growing. I don't have a desire for a business or anything like that to grow. The other thing is more being involved with the church and a community on a real level, not just like a visitor. I've lived in place after place after place, and I totally feel so thankful and honored for all the experiences that I've had. I've gotten to live in every region of the country, except really the Northwest, but I've gotten to visit there. And I'm very thankful for those experiences. And now I can take all those experiences and really make the most of, of my life and, and use that knowledge for good things. But it's been a little difficult because it's hard to make relationships and friendships and community, especially community in a church, if you're leaving or only in town every three Sundays and stuff like that. So I'm really excited to eventually be more rooted and more involved where it's like, you know what, I lead a small group on Wednesday at this time. And then on Saturday, we do this. And on Sunday, we do this. And it's more of like 
a weekly routine. <laughs> Maybe that sounds crazy that I'm asking for that, but I, I lack that very much and I would love to be more involved. And by that, I mean like years and years, potentially decades of involvement, not just, oh, I'm in town this month. Offer one Sunday a month, I'm going to go and, and stop by the church that I love and say hi to everybody because, of course, we're all friends, but I don't really get to see them in a way that means we have meaningful bonds that are built. Um, so I'm excited for that. On top of that, I guess if regarding like business things and growth things, because I get a lot of questions, I you guys know that I love wearing long dresses. I've had this little dream of mine where one day I have like long dresses for sale, whether I make them or I find people locally that can make them like maybe stay at home moms that have to make a little bit extra money and they're good at sewing. And so we do it together or something like that. I would just love to offer wholesome, really simple, long lasting, good material. And by that, I mean, healthy material, long dresses because they are so hard to come by. (laughs) They're either made from really bad material that can affect our hormones and hurt us and our health, or they're like $500. <laughs> and, you know, there are some where it's like $100 or $150 or $200. And so, no, that's technically not $500. But when you get into those like crunchy living prairie girl dress vibes and actually find organic material and they're, they're made in an ethical way and all that stuff, guess what? It turns out that they're going to be like $500. And so I have this little thing of like, I would love to just make these dresses accessible to girls because I know I get so many messages by people and they've got a budget. They can't afford to just buy a dress because they want to and stuff like that. And so if I could find a way where it's like, (laughs) I don't actually make profit, but I make enough to like keep it going or make enough to like make a new collection every once in a while and do like a summer collection, a winter collection, a spring, and then like do it each year. I think that would be so fun. And then I've also, because... (laughs) I just don't think that there is a market for this. It's really hard to buy underwear and stuff for girls, for women. There's like Victoria's Secret and they're putting obese ladies on there. Or they're, they're like putting trans women in underwear and then advertising them. It's just like so woke and weird and it has nothing to do with like embracing a woman's femininity or anything like that. I have this little vision of like making dresses and then matching underwear sets for underneath that are once again made from organic healthy, non-hormone disrupting material. So that's something where it's like, it would be a super fun project. I don't have any desire to like make it super profitable or anything, who knows? And that's another mindset shift for me as well as I mentioned this, because I also want to do it in nightgowns. I'm saying this out loud because it's like, (laughs) if someone else does it, I don't mind if they go and do it. I'm not worried that they're going to steal my idea and whatever that is. It's like, if you want to do it, go ahead. That would be a really fun idea. And I wish you the best of luck. But I just don't have interest in being some harsh, competitive business owner kind of lady mindset on it. It would literally just be a fun, creative design project for me. And I really would love to make those things accessible and affordable to young women out there and women of all ages that are interested in dressing like that, uh, because I really love it too. And no, this is not me announcing it. I'm just, just saying that it sounds really fun. Now, I'm addressing this question, I think, for a few reasons, because this episode is supposed to be about mindset shifts and stuff. And for a very long time, I was on this like very fast moving train of political commentary, traveling, growth of my pages, reach, negotiation, fundraising for the nonprofit, 
trying to boost the numbers so that we looked as good as possible on the reports and stuff like that, like doing whatever we could to just reach, reach, reach and grow. And I have just really left that mindset because it's okay to slow down and I don't really have interest in that mindset from the start. Now for the nonprofit, of course, we want to reach as many people as possible. We want to educate as many as possible. We want to get as many people to download our books. Like the one, uh, Allie just wrote one of how to teach your kids about the government. If you guys want to download that, you can go check out it's fightsocialism.org. But that is supposed to serve the parents of America with information that they need. And Allie is literally an expert in child development and education. So to get her advice on how to talk to your kids about really important topics, and we're going to release a how to teach your kids about socialism one soon, then yeah, go ahead and do that. And Allie and I like to do that stuff because it's our passion and we love to serve others, specifically the moms and dads of America. So we aren't really in a business CEO boss babe type of mentality for that. But I specifically started to get into a change with my mindset I can't remember when it was. It was probably about two years ago. And I'll just tell a little story about it. But basically, I found myself in a sticky situation. Basically, the sticky situation went like this. I had a speech. Someone said that I said a certain thing. I did not say that certain thing. And so people that heard that I said a certain thing that I didn't actually say were upset with me. And instead of coming to me and asking me about it, they went right to saying an accusation and saying that I needed to do certain things because of what they thought that I said. Then it got to a situation of after me saying, I did not say that, why wouldn't you just call me? Why wouldn't you just communicate with me? It was then, okay, then we'd like to see the tape because they didn't believe me. And so that <laughs> that very aggressive attack, and again, the, imagine me in a corporate fluorescent lit boardroom. I'm not in the mood, okay? That is not my vibe at all. I don't like being aggressive. I don't like being challenged on my character in such a way by people that I think that I'm close with. It was such a such a shock to me in that way. And it was really hurtful because when I sign on to do things, you guys, I don't need to be there. You know what I mean? Like when I sign on to a contract, it's because I love it. I love working with kids. I love education. I love history. So when it goes awry like that, it's like, okay, well, I don't actually have to be in this situation. So when you're presenting me with a proposition of we must see the tape because we don't believe Morgan or you need to go, then guess what I chose? I said, oh, okay, that's okay. I'm going to go then because I don't have to be here. Now, yeah, you could say, oh, I just won that argument. I just won that conversation, stuff like that. But that's not really what I took out of the situation. What I took out of the situation was that I don't want to be in any more of those situations. I'm surrounded by all these guys in their their office settings and they are so focused on winning they are so focused on being harsh and and getting at their enemy they've they made me into the enemy right all of a sudden i'm just sitting there like wait what i didn't even say that you didn't even just call me they're they're sitting there with this mentality that i just did not have i was there because i love history and i like doing stuff that has to do with educating kids and i thought it was a really fun thing for me there was a big difference between their mentality in it and mine. And I remember thinking, wait a dang second. I did this because I love it and because I'm having fun. And I don't fit in here at all. And it was a big shift for me in the sense that I think I'm done. <laughs> I think I'm done trying to fit into these circles, telling myself that I belong there because through there I could do important work that I love to do. And once I had that mindset shift, a lot changed for me as well. I wasn't trying to be another one of those guys. I'm not interested in becoming a big political guy commentator like 
You guys know all the names. I'm not interested in it at all, is what I realized sitting there. It's like, I want to be the wife of someone. And as I was getting yelled at, guess what I was thinking? As I'm through that really awkward, hostile situation, I'm thinking, I am trying to be someone's mama. I'm trying to be a mother. You know, I was 24 at the time, and I'm thinking, I'm trying to be a mother, is what I was thinking. And here I am in some fluorescent lit office room being accused after doing a super sweet, innocent speech about history to a crowd of saying something dishonorable. And now I have to defend myself to this room of vultures? Mm -mm. I'm trying to be a mama. And so it just made it so easy for me. You know what I meant? So, So I just was like, okay, you know, it's fine. Thank you so much, though. And eventually everything got fixed up and stuff. But that's That exchange was enough for me to say, okay, time to make some changes. And so I did, okay? From that point on, I started to ask myself, why do I do the things I do? Why do I get myself into certain agreements? Why do I agree to do things? Why did I start to become a commentator? And when you ask yourself why you do things, and then you actually try and find out the real reason why you did it, and not like, oh, well, because it's expected of me and it's because it's a good thing. Maybe... Maybe I became a news commentator. This is what I asked myself. Maybe I became a news commentator because it sounded cool, because I felt cool, because I got to go on TV and do all that kind of stuff. But then I realized, wait a second, Morgan, do you really think you're having a positive impact or is it more focused on yourself? What is the real reason why you get up at 6 a.m., put on a full face of makeup, turn on all these fancy bright lights and your fancy camera and do three minutes or five minutes of news commentary when, number one, you used to get like briefed on the topics, but then now you get asked about topics you weren't even prepared for on the TV and then you just say these blanket statements. Why do you do those things? Is it because you think it looks cool to be on TV or is it because you think you're making a difference with your couple minutes of a statement? And that's a hard thing to ask yourself when you realize that the answer isn't (laughs) It's not because you think that you're making some big worldly change. Um, So when I realized, wait a second, I'm just keeping up this charade and I don't even actually like to do it. And I'm just doing it, I guess, for, for pride or vanity or whatever. And I've just been in this mindset of I need to go from this news platform to this news platform. And if I say yes to the 6 a.m. slots, then maybe they'll let me on at the 8 p.m. slots. And then maybe if I say yes to this news platform, then I might get on Fox one day. And if I get on this news platform, I could send this clip of me talking about this random stupid political topic with all this passionate uh, wording that I'm going to use. I could send it to Fox News and maybe they'll let me on. Because what? Because I wanted to be on Fox News. Okay, so I started asking myself, why do I do those things? And once I started to come with the realization that I don't actually like doing this stuff, why do I do half the things that I do? I stopped going on the news because I just wasn't interested in it. It didn't give me fulfillment, and it wasn't rooted in service. And so I started making a lot of changes. I stopped going on the news. I stopped my contracts that have to do with political commentary, where I've got to find the story of the day, the story of the week, and do a quick little blurb about it and come up with some sassy statement at the end. You know what I mean? I also stopped traveling for speeches, because when I was, you know, younger and hadn't seen much of the country or anything like that, and I really didn't know much about anything around me, it was really fun to get offered to go somewhere, literally get flown there, get the hotel, stay in the hotel alone, go down to the speech. Everybody's super nice to you. People want to take pictures with you after. You know what I mean? Like, come on, Morgan. 
Why was I doing those things? Probably because it felt cool. But of course, I'd like to think that I was having a positive impact on the people out there. But that fit for me at the time. And then as I started to realize what I wanted and what I value in life, it's like, wow, I'm traveling for a whole day. And then I'm spending a whole day alone in a hotel waiting for the event to happen. And then I'm traveling a whole day back. And eventually, three days of traveling, of sitting alone in a hotel and trying to find a restaurant nearby and walking to that or paying for Ubers, all that stuff, that whole process of being alone and just traveling and not being at home or being amongst my things where I could actually flourish, it just didn't make sense anymore. Like things that used to make sense just didn't make sense anymore. So I stopped doing the traveling. And I remember something specific like, you know, at the time it fit. I'm going to tell this story. At the time it fit because I needed to grow. When I first started my nonprofit, we, I would call into local radio stations and say, I'm Morgan and I want to interview people from communist countries and, and show these videos to my peers because we're not taught about this stuff in high school. We're not taught about this stuff in the school system and we've got to educate them. And, you know, now that was, that was very positive thinking back then, but we've got quite a few problems in the country that it's not so simple to solve, is it? Uh, so either way, when I would fundraise, I would I would get a few hundred dollars from every radio call because people would donate $5, $10 because I would be like, go to this website and help me be able to do this. Thank you so much. So when I got my first big, big donation, one of them was because a family foundation had called and said, Morgan, we're meeting tomorrow. We're going to consider your pro- your proposal for a big donation, a grant, but do you think you could make it to the city? by tomorrow to be here at the board meeting to present. Now I got that call at about maybe 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. and I was decorating the Christmas tree with my mom. I was visiting her house. I was there with her and my dad and we were decorating the Christmas tree. And Morgan at that time in her life took the call and said absolutely. And then I hung up the phone and I booked a flight and I asked my mom right there in front of the Christmas tree that was not decorated yet if she would drive me to the airport and I left. And at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. the next day, I was there in Nashville, and I presented, and we got the grant. Now, you can ask yourself, when you're 21 or I think maybe 22 years old, and you're trying to grow something from the start in its first months, maybe you do got to take risks like that. Maybe that was smart for me to do, because we got the the, the donation. Now we're years later, and we're a well-funded organization, and we're good friends with those people. If I was asked to do the same thing right now, I wouldn't do it. Because my priorities are different and I'm at a different place. And so things change and I'm personally much happier that I'm out of that phase. The other thing to this too is like I would go to things and I have gone to things this year if they truly mean so, so much to me. And one of them is Patriot Academy and the other is Moms for America. So if you guys are interested in in like truly meaningful groups or truly meaningful Uh, programs and stuff, Patriot Academy and Moms for America are two things that I did speak at this year because to me, it's worth it to physically be there. And I fangirled when I got to see everybody from Moms for America because they are an institution at this point. And it was really, really an honor to get to be included. Now, I know that was kind of a long story, a long little rant of mine. I'm sorry about that. But I say all of this because I just want it to be clear (laughs) that I have no interest in growing some pay to engage or pay to talk community or platform where I pretend to be an expert worth paying for. I think that's another part of this too. I'm not interested in making a quick buck by pretending to be an expert on something. 
I personally have felt a wave of humility <laughs> reach me over the last couple of years. And I'm not saying that to promote and be like, I am so humble. Okay. I deserve praise for being so humble. Look at me. I'm so humble. But I just mean that, you know, I think we're all going to be better off if we realize how much we don't know and learn from people who have actually lived decades of it. And I know I've lived years of it, but like I look up to women that have decades of experience in marriage and decades of experience in raising kids and have done the whole shebang. I want to hear from those people. And that's why for me, like I have the Young Women's Mentorship Program and it's only for girls under college or younger. And I say this too because it was kind of crazy to me when I put the mentorship thing up. Guys, I'm 26. I don't have any kids. I'm not engaged or married. I've got lovely Bryant though. We love him, don't we? The point is I I'm, I haven't done certain things, so I can't speak on them. I mean, I can speak on them like societally because I'm interested in these kind of topics and the data and stuff. But when I put the mentorship thing up, I thought I was only going to hear from like high school girls that maybe wanted some guidance on what to do. Like maybe they wanted to end up as traditional women in the future, but are they supposed to go to college? What are they supposed to do? Or women that maybe needed to find some side work so that they could stay home. Like I am good at talking about that stuff because I've personally done it. But then I had women reaching out of like, Hey, Morg, uh, I have two kids. I have one on the way. My husband is super sweet. And we were wondering, what do you think about blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? I look up to you. Why are you asking me questions? You know what I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or someone, I've gotten girls that are like, hey, Morg, I'm getting married in the spring. And I just wanted to ask your questions on blah, blah, blah about relationships. And it's like, guys, I should be asking you questions, okay? We need more of a community, not me giving you advice when I haven't even done it. And you're over here achieving things that I would love to do. So I just thought that it was so funny that it's like, there's mothers, there's pregnant women, there's women getting married soon. And they're like, hey, Morgan, um, I really would love your thoughts on things. It just, it was very humbling because it's like, whoa, 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 I want advice from you. So that's why the Facebook group is for like-minded women because I want to be a part of that, okay? I want to hear what everybody has to say. I want to learn from others. And then that young women's mentorship for girls under college age, that's for more. If you need guidance, I'm here to guide you. I'm here to help you and give you one-on-one communication that I think could personally really benefit you. I, I lived through things. I've lived through that phase of life. I grew up and I experienced middle school to high school to college to transitioning into what it looks like once you're done with that education formally. And I want to help guide women to be their best selves during it. So that's why that's more formal and the whole application process. But once again, I am not going to ever expect people to pay me for that. And I think it's so important that we focus more on service to others and not how to get a quick buck from making people pay for our advice and stuff like that. Okay, it looks like we went over a little bit. We'll talk about conservative events and generational curses in the next episode, so we'll carry over into a part two. But thank you guys for letting me rant this episode. I appreciate it. And if you haven't yet, hit subscribe. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Thank you.